0: Hey, hello friends and welcome to this message which is specially hand-picked to minister to you and to bless you. I am Pastor Lincoln Seranga, Senior Pastor here at Liberty Christian Fellowship in London. My passion is the pursuit of 100% answered prayer. If that sounds like a good subject to you, why don't you follow me at LincolnSeranga.com and also find me on Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, and other social media where you will be able to find other messages as well as find access to short courses, coaching opportunities, and more. God bless you as you listen to this message. Praying the five um, stations. Some some time ago, I spoke to you about the five levels of Jesus. Uh, Was that a Friday last week? Talked about Jesus in heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus is in heaven. Yet Jesus is with me. And then Jesus is in me. And then I am in Jesus. And then I am as Jesus. There are five experiences of Christ that a believer must incubate. Now, these things come as sermons. You hear it and say, oh, that was a good word. But tonight I wanted to really lead you into praying that prayer the prayer the five station prayer and i want to share that maybe i'll share it as a as a, a closing remark instead of dwelling on it as i thought i would because as as we were worshiping i was drawn uh, back again to this issue of how we approach the things of god now the 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 the, the whole function of prayer the function of prayer in a traditional Pentecostal mindset is um, is something that we need to redeem. We need to redeem the hours. Imagine that you have extended prayer, you have a time of fasting and prayer, and you have hours on end to pray. What's the content of that? What's the content of that? My concern, as I've grown up, and as I've prayed All types of prayer over my 40 years in the Lord. I've realized that for many Pentecostals, prayer is an end in itself. We pray to pray. (laughs) And it has its place. (laughs) I think prayer, particularly when the Bible says pray with all manner of prayer, there's prayer which is an end in itself. You just are in God's bosom and you're just having fellowship with him, there's no objectives, no goals, no agendas. You just are in his presence. That's fine. It's fellowship, it's communion with God. Yeah. But sometimes there can be such a barrenness connected to our prayer life and such a spiritual poverty connected to our prayer lives. The prayer becomes an end in itself. And uh, Bill, Bill Johnson of uh, Bethel Church made that point that it is easy to fall into a trap in which prayer is just for prayer's sake. And we begin to describe ourselves as prayer warriors. And we begin to count how long we stay. But is anything changing? Is our world changing? Are we breaking through? Are we stepping out into signs and wonders? Are we seeing the lost one to Christ? Do we hear the voice of God? Do we step into the supernatural? So, we don't want prayer to be an end in itself. Neither should nioth just be a time to just be hit by God's presence and and we have a nice wallow in his presence and go away exactly the way we came. And, and so we, we need to approach prayer and the presence of God with a slight change, a slight twitch, tweak, not twitch, but tweak. And in general, I'm coming against a spiritual poverty. I'm coming against a spirit of poverty. What does a spirit of poverty look like? I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. I don't have the grace of God. I don't have power. I don't have anointing. I don't have, I don't have. Oh God, please give me some. Oh, God, please give me some because I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. I'm poor, poor, wretched, and blind, and, and, and penniless, and God, oh, God. Day one. Day two, we come back. Oh, God, we don't, have, we don't have, we don't have. We can't find you. We can't find you. We are looking for you. We are looking for you. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Give us your spirit. Day three, oh, God, we don't have, we don't. (laughs) Now, let me me balance that out. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus taught that clearly, uh, that it is important to have a hunger and a desire to go to new levels and to grow higher and to become more enriched in the things of God. But you see, the Bible says, to him who has, more shall be given. To him who has not, even the little they have. Which means, usually, no one has nothing. But if you have little, even the little will be taken away. Hmm? Now, when Jesus says, blessed are the poor, hmm? Uh, We then begin to feel poverty is a status we need to embrace. Poverty of spirit, spiritual poverty, that we should have this sense of, oh, we need help, we need mercy, oh, God, we have nothing, we have nothing. Now, I will tell you, as a minister, as someone who has stood under the glory of God on some amazing platforms with thousands of people looking at me, that you have to have a balance. Of being completely hungry, completely poor, and yet full and completely rich. It is a balance you must learn to carry. A sense in which in myself I do not have much, but in God I have all things. <laughs> God, I have all things. So I empty myself to be filled more with him. But I should not allow that to become a spiritual poverty in which I am looking for a God who I can't find. I'm looking for blessings which are in heaven and the devil is trying to kill me. And uh, oh my God, I need to find a way. Uh, This whole bankruptcy and a feeling of voidness and defeat. We need to cast that out. Particularly this night I want us to approach God differently. I'm going to read a, a mind-blowing verse. I was in a meeting recently and it was read. And I felt my spirit jump. I said, I need to read that to Liberty. John chapter 17 and verse 22. Now I'm talking about us becoming a revival community. Now let me make sure. The uh, pastor Grace can can project something for us here if she finds that verse. Yeah. Yeah, it's come beautiful. Thank you. Now, now I don't have the New King the, the New King James version, and unfortunately, this particular projection seems to be cutting things off. Let me try this other uh, uh, field and see. It's still all the same. It's still cutting out the verses. John seventeen twenty two, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says these incredible words, and the glory which you have given me, (laughs) I have given to them. And I want to stop there, because we quickly run on to the next portion of that verse. Jesus is saying, the glory that the Father gave him, he has given to us. Now, what in the world is such a powerful verse uh, saying to us? I want to speak to you and say, my friends, you carry the very glory of Christ. And I want you to sell out on that. I want that to eat you. I want it to disturb you. <laughs> because... Uh, when we come together for nighoth, we are bidding for the glory of God. We want to see the glory of God. We want to see a visitation of the glory of God. But the scriptures have also said to us that Christ has given us his glory. Now, please note, the Bible does not say the glory that you have given me, I will Give to them. It's not a future promise. It is a present reality. Jesus is not saying, I have shared some of my glory with them. It does not say, oh, I've given them a third. No, he's saying the very same glory that the father gave him, he turned around and gave it to the church. gave it to the believer. So I want to, sh- to shatter your poverty of mind as it has shattered mine. You carry the very glory of God in your life. The very glory of Christ is in you. <laughs> it's, it's in us, my friends. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thought to consider because as we come to this ninth, the the, the the theme is the time has come. The time is now. But then we can also say, oh, but the times are in God's hands. It's Seymour decides when to have revival. When will he send revival? And I, I am, I'm wide open to theories and, and ideas on how revival works. But the Bible seems increasingly in my reading to suggest that we are in revival. And revival is not a a future matter or something that we can look back and just calendar and say, oh, God decided sovereignly to visit. No, I think that from the time that Christ came onto earth, he inaugurated revival. And this is Mark chapter 1. And verse 15, which we we touched earlier, I don't think I have it in, in my in my readings, but uh, the Bible says when John was put in prison, because remember John foreruns the ministry of Christ, and he baptizes and tells people one is coming, and, and then he points out Christ, and then soon after he's arrested and put in prison for bothering the powers that be, and then he's decapitated and he dies, and 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 by the time he was taken into prison, Jesus steps out onto the ministry scene and begins to declare. And he says, something amazing is going on. The kingdom of heaven. Now, the kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God's glory. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of God's majesty. The glory of God, the power of God, the visitation of God. You will agree with me that the ministry of Christ represented a visitation of God upon Israel. Of course, he tells Jerusalem, you have missed the time of your visitation. And Jesus walks the earth three and a half years, and everywhere he goes is revival. Everywhere he goes, boom, amazing things happen. People see the glory of God. People see the visitation of God. The glory of God is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the manifestation of God's glory. I'll say that again. The kingdom of God is the manifestation of God's glory. And revival is the manifestation of God's glory. And it can be different and have different tones. Some revivals are prayer revivals. Some are hugely evangelistic. Usually there is always elements of all. Some are deeply healing ones. Um, The one in um, the the East African revival, which broke out from, from Rwanda, was not particularly a healing one, but it was a a salvation move which spread around the world. So it can have different um, nuances and, and emphasis. But in summary, revivals are displays of God's glory, releases, encounters, and empowerment under the glory of God. The glory of God breaks out upon the believer Glory of God bursts out upon families. Glory of God bursts out upon congregations. It can spread uh, to cities and neighborhoods and communities. Hmm? It's about the glory of God. Now, Jesus is amazing because he ministers in three years of powerful, powerful manifestation of glory and now in prayer. Before his crucifixion, he's saying, what you gave me, what I've carried, what I've been carrying, I have deposited on the church. Not in a revised version, not in a diluted version. It's a glory that you gave me, I have given to the church. And so I beat my chest and say, oh my God, I carry the very same glory that Christ carried. I want to make another statement, which again is quite humbling and powerful. The Holy Spirit is the glory of God. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the manifestation of God's glory. And like a bulb can be 30 watts or 40 watts or 50 watts. And um, particularly, let let me talk in terms of the dimming bulbs. You can dim a bulb which has 500 watts and dim it. And, and begin to, to burn it or run it on 10 watts. And then you begin, oh, we need to buy another bulb. No, 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 you need to turn up that bulb to its maximum power. The Holy Spirit is the glory of God. And we carry him here. He's in us. He's, he's, he's in your life. And he is the glory of God. I want to say to you, friends, as we come to Nihoth, the, the secret is not so much, and I'm not saying there's not only one element, and I'll come into that in a moment. It's not so much a case of what's going to hit you from in outside. It's about how you're going to release what's inside. There's got to be a collaboration of the work of God from outside of you as in outpourings of the Spirit. The, the sense in which God comes upon a congregation and pours out his spirit, as he will do this weekend, the spirit of God will come upon us. Because when we gather, he comes. But when he comes, it isn't about come, go, come, go, come, go. He comes to energize what we carry. Hmm? Oh, Jesus, I thought I'm I'm just going to converse today, and it really has become a conversation. Because you see, my friends, uh, I remember a time that I went to Al's Court. We went with Pastor Grace. We we, were, we went to, to watch, we went to receive ministry from um, um, uh, a man of God. And uh, I don't have to say his name, but we went to, to, to receive ministry from this man of God. And, and Maurice Cerullo, you know Maurice Cerullo. Maurice Cerullo came to our Court. And I had heard of him, but had not actually had his, been under his ministry until I came to London. So we went to our court. We were new minister, ministers, and we, I mean, in terms of pastors. And I remember watching that man minister that week. Uh, one one evening, he spoke on faith and the presence of God. And I tell you, friends. He was a tiny little dot standing far away on a stage and we were in stalls all over that huge, huge auditorium that Owl's Court was. What's the sitting capacity of Owl's Court? 12,000 people. I tell you, friends, the presence of God filled the room with such tangibility and you could not... Mistake that whatever you were feeling had something to do with this tiny little dot of a man standing on a platform hundreds of meters away from you. But something he had unlocked inside and was now carrying became an experience we could all sense for a moment while we are with him. Not as a teasing taste it and then go home and starve. This external thing speaks to the internal thing. What you sense on the outside challenges what you carry on the inside. And the will of God is that the inside of what I carry should upgrade to these experiences that uh, I can have an opportunity to enjoy from other people who have gone a little deeper. And so God takes what Maurice Cerullo walks in personally and makes me feel it atmospherically. (laughs) I don't know whether you're hearing me tonight. I stood there and thought, what is that? I was completely perplexed. And then he would just say, I have no control over this meeting. Once he comes, he says, I have no control. And then people just began to get healed. And I'm saying, this guy carries something. Carry something. But you see, it, it doesn't then become something that we look for external. No, no, no. The glory of God inhabits us. But we need to learn how to walk in it and release it to our neighborhoods and our communities. I wanted to just start by making the point that any external experiences you have, even this weekend, that is not the point. It's about igniting. The fire outside is supposed to ignite the fire inside because it is the very same Holy Spirit that you feel in a powerful meeting under the ministry of a powerful minister. It's the same Holy Spirit you carry out of that meeting to your home. And then you dim the bulb from 500 watts to 30 watts. (laughs) And so I personally believe Revival is when every believer ta- learns to steward more, to steward more, to release more, to carry more. Yeah. Now let me uh, also read this verse. I, I I will just keep keep this nice and simple. Now Matthew chapter seventeen and verse one to five. What does the glory that he's saying he has given to ch- to the church? What does it look like? After six days, Jesus took or takes with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and brings them up to a high mountain apart. Uh, And he was transfigured before them, and his face did shine as the sun. And his garments became white as the light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you, uh, if you will, I will make here three, I think he calls them tabernacles, <laughs> one for you. One for Moses and one for Elijah. We know where the story is going. While he was still speaking below, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my son. This is my beloved son. I don't know whether I, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear you him. Now, I want you to see two experiences of the glory of God. There's the glory in the cloud that covers them. And then there's the glory that breaks out in Christ and upon Christ. Now, I believe that what happened on the mountain of transfiguration was a manifestation of the glory of Jesus that the Father has given him, had given him. And it seems like what we see even at the mountain of transfiguration is not, not what he carries because remember in John 17 he prays and says, Father, give me back the glory <laughs> that I had. <laughs> so this was a toned down glory. But, but Jesus prays and the disciples sleep. And while they sleep, the glory that he carries breaks out and manifests. It breaks out and manifests. I had a picture that I wanted to, to show you, but I, I got it out. Let me see if you can see this. It's a beautiful little picture. Let me pull that, that, that wire out. I hope you can see now. This is just a, a beautiful little idea that I thought I'd love to show you. Now, this is a picture of light breaking out of a crack. And suddenly, boom, the light is out. I, I, I wanted something to, to capture your imagination. Could it be that that's what you look like inside? Could it be that every believer looks like that on the inside? That you carry a blinding glory inside of you? You carry a blinding glory inside of you because if the glory that god gave christ christ has given he doesn't say i will give no he has already done it then it means inside of us we carry an astonishing power but a crack needs to happen a severance a a fracture needs to happen it has to happen in our minds And our mindset, it has to fracture in how we steward God and how we walk with him. We need a fracture so that that glory may shine out and shine forth. Hallelujah. I hope you're hearing me, friends. May God fracture us this encounter. But you see, it's one thing to say, God, send your spirit. It's another to say, God, release what you've already given me. Send your glory, yes, manifest it through somebody, through the corporate anointing. But it's not, that's not the goal in itself. It is that speaks to this. Hmm? And so the cloud comes, but Christ is shining. And light is speaking to light. Deep is calling unto deep. God is touching God presence is touching presence so we have not yet we have we are poor yet we are rich we are hungry yet we are filled and we need to learn how to balance these two we need to learn how to balance these two our prayer for more should never be out of a spirit of bankruptcy it should be out of a spirit of knowing we have abundance. As a like, God, what's wrong with this environment? I need more of what I carry. I need to, you to reveal and manifest more of this thing that I carry. Now let me read another verse. But I want to, I wanted you to sow this. I wanted to sow the seed. It could be possible to consider the thought that. If your eyes would happen, would open properly, and if you could, if we could touch the presence of God as well as Jesus did and walk as he walked, we could shine as brightly as he shone on the mountain of transfiguration. The glory of God in you can shine as brightly as it did on Christ. Now, uh, growing up, obviously, things like the, the transfiguration was preached by those who insist on, on saying, oh, no, no, you see, Jesus is God. And uh, so the, the transfiguration experience proves that he is God. And, and, and I think that's good. <laughs> but the Bible says he emptied himself and took on the... <laughs> The status of a man, and even as a man, he humbled himself, and even as a humble man, he died, and he died the most wicked death, which is the death on the cross. So, is he now suddenly flicking divinity on the transfiguration mountain, or is he displaying humanity, stewarding the glory of God? Think about it. Think about it. Did he actually empty himself, or did he just bluff? I think he emptied himself and so he shows us the potential that we could possibly carry and this is something I have been trying to sell Uh, as a culture at LCF that we never pray from a bankrupt heart or from a sense of we are miserable, poor ones who have nothing and eh, God we are so useless. (laughs) that doesn't seem to be the new covenant way Hmm? so let's go to another verse Uh, I don't know that I'll have time to to go into yeah we'll we'll go there briefly (laughs) Okay, Isaiah and I think on your list Pastor Grace it may be right at the bottom I don't know whether I I brought Isaiah 60 and verse 1 you may need to reboot it if you reboot it should show Isaiah 60 and verse 1 is a very, very interesting portion. From verse 1 going down, perhaps you can read the whole chapter. Um, hmm? it's, it's either... Hmm? Okay. Now, Isaiah 60 is interesting because it, it again brings this contrast. Now, arise, shine. Ah, uh, who is shining? <laughs> hmm? It doesn't say, arise, let God shine. Arise, you shine. You arise, you shine. And then it says, for your light. Whose light? Your light has come, and the glory of Jehovah is risen upon you. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, Isaiah. You are mixing things up. You are mixing concepts here. Who is shining? Whose light is what? What's the glory? Where, where's? What's going on here? It's a mishmash. So, the idea is this. Now, let me first read a little more before coming to digest it. For behold, darkness shall cover the face uh, of the earth and gross darkness the peoples. But Jehovah, or the Lord, will rise upon you and... His glory shall be seen upon you. (laughs) Uh Continue. What will be the result? Nations shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of whose rising? The Lord's rising? No, yours. (laughs) Hmm? The brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes. Round about and see, they gather themselves together. Now, Isaiah goes on to describe nothing short of what revival looks like. Because nations are gathering together. They come to you and say, your sons shall come from afar and your daughters shall be nursed in your arms, or carried in your arms. Continuing to verse 5, he says, um, then you shall see and be radiant and your heart will rejoice and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. And the wealth of the nations shall come to you. If that is not revival, I don't know what it is. <laughs> but let's go and see where it starts from. Go back to verse 1, Pastor G. It says, Arise. And shine. So in this incredibly prophetic exhortation, um, God is speaking to his people to get up, get up, get up. Arising means make a move, make a decision, change posture, stir yourself up. Stop slouching. Get onto your feet. Get onto your legs. Get up. Stand up. Make a stand. Do something. Why? Your light has come. This is about a a sense of a moment. But the moment coming does not make you arise. You must arise in response to the moment. As somebody put it, When you are not passionate, when you are not prepared, no time is right. When you are not passionate, when you are not prepared, when you won't get up, no time is right. Everything is dull. God is nowhere. Nothing is going on because you are naturally slouchy and horizontal. You see, the moment passes you. So whoever Isaiah is addressing here, if they don't get up, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen, and another year will come and go. And so, in my heart, I'm saying, why is God saying to us prophetically, now is the time? He's telling us now is the time because he's saying now is the time to rise. Now is the time to rise, and then he says, shine your light. Have you noticed that this light is the Lord's light, yet it is your light? It is the Lord's light, and it's your light. It's the glory of the Lord, and it is your glory. The glory of Jehovah rises upon you. Hmm? So you rise because the light is coming upon you, yet it's coming from within you. You are shining. Shining comes from you, yet the light is coming upon you. There is collaboration of what God does and how you steward it. What God does and how we steward it. And so this nighoth, I don't want us to come feeling empty. The driest believer carries the glory of Christ. (laughs) The most prayerless believer, the most discouraged believer, the most overwhelmed believer carries the glory that God gave Christ. He has given it to you. And so you can never quite moan properly. And show us how dejected you are and how empty you are. Because in your emptiness, you are full. In your brokenness, you are healed. In your bankruptcy, you are rich. And so you steward both. You seek God who you, whom, whom you have found. You, are, you pursue an anointing that you carry. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> it's a bit... Uh, of a, what's the word? <laughs> it's a bit of a conundrum. It's a bit of a, um, a contradiction. But that's the amazing thing about Christianity. We are healed yet we're nursing symptoms. We are rich yet we are looking for money. <laughs> How do you steward that? How do you steward that? Well, in that arising is the key. Because when we do not make a move, nothing happens. Nothing manifests. Hmm? He said, behold, Gentiles shall come, nations shall come to the brightness of your rising. Again, it, it, this is all conundrum of, 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 uh, of, of phrases. So your, your rising is the brightness? In your rising is the brightness revealed? Whose is this light? Is it the Lord's? Is it mine? It's both. God has given you his glory. God has given us his glory. Friends, I don't want to preach much longer, but I want to I want to challenge you to 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 change your approach to spirituality. I was part of a prayer meeting and I was sharing this earlier with the people. and I was part of the a prayer for the nation of Uganda Independence Day uh, is October 9th, so there was a prayer meeting called. And you see, I could not af- uh, avoid noticing, and I think I shared sufficiently with some of you, that the approach, I noticed, and I think when you've been away from some movements, you forget how things are done. Uh, the prayer, the, it was hours of prayer. But the hours of prayer, there are people, I could hear people whose approach to prayer is just, we have nothing. God help us because we have nothing. There was no sense of assurance, no sense of we have something, therefore let it come forth. You have done something. We demand in that our environment aligns to what you have done. We carry your glory. Let it come forth. Let it manifest. Open our eyes that we may see the stewardship we carry. It's a totally different approach in prayer. You can pretend hours of that, but it's different. Now, I want to, to switch and now finish in the last section. On, on the stewardship of Christ that I shared. And my, my, my focus has been very much on Jesus uh, other than the Holy Spirit recently because you need to understand that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. The Bible calls him the Spirit of Jesus. So when the Spirit of Jesus comes and takes over Lincoln, what should Lincoln look like? What should he minister like? He should minister like Christ. Because the spirit of Jesus is upon me, is in me. So, allow me to be obsessed about Christ. Now, I've shared five things. Now, this whole week, since that revelation came to me, I have been praying the five postures of Christ. Number one is in heaven. And I want you to take a moment right now as we close. I want you to actually pray. I want you to learn to pray these things in pray them into your life pray them into your being because it is helpful now instead of, of of just closing I want us to go into a mini moment of prayer right here and I want us to steward Jesus five five different ways. I'm just going to play a song in the background I hope it's not too too loud. Um, I have no sense of, of stewarding. I don't know, Pastor Grace, whether you can just test it a little, that the music isn't either inaudible or too loud. <laughs> yeah. This song is called The Champion. So it, it speaks, is singing of Jesus, and said, You are my champion. Jesus... We need to engage with him five different ways. Now, when I am praying, I pr- I have learned to pray in five different ways. In the presence of God, I pray five different ways. I pray Jesus in heaven. I I pray Jesus in heaven. Remember, that was point number one. Jesus is in heaven. He ascended, he rose from the dead, and he was caught up into the sky. And the Bible says he's seated at the right hand side of the Father. Now, I take time in my prayer life and I'm praying and say, Jesus, you are ascended. You are seated at the right hand side of the Father. You have made a new and living way. I have the verses right here. I've done a research. And actually, what I want to do is to post them out to the church um, WhatsApp group. Uh, Yeah, WhatsApp group. So that you guys can have access to it. Verses. And you can add. But the Bible says he, he made a new and living way to the Father, according to the book of Hebrews. So, I take a moment to celebrate him as the ascended one. I, I take a moment and say, Jesus, you are ascended. You are seated at the right hand side of God the Father. Even right now, I want you to begin to engage that sense of him being an ascended Savior. The Bible says he has gone up. He has been raised by God and seated far above principalities and powers and i can take time and i i love doing this kind of prayers when i wake up at 5 a.m i'm just praying this jesus prayers. i'm saying jesus you are exalted above economies above politics above climate change above floods above global warming above debt above borrowing above banks above war above disease above vaccinations above coronavirus above you are in another realm you are seated far above demons and witchcraft and you are seated above human suffering and beyond contestation you are seated at the right hand side of the father's glory Hmm? i need to embrace that and and that's the first part You need to enjoy the transcendence of Christ. The fact that he's above these things. Because you see, we need to align with him if we are to manifest what he carried. We need to align with him. So take a moment and just pray the exaltation of Christ far above principalities and powers. And then the Bible says we were raised together with him. (laughs) Now, everything I've said about him, I can understand carry and paste upon myself. And I say, Father, you have raised me in Christ far above principalities and powers, far above witchcraft, far above the troubles of this world. In you, God, I am raised above the bondages of this world, above the troubles of this world. You in me and me in you, you have raised me up and seated me at the right-hand side of the Father. I am a shareholder of the divine Position of the right hand side of the Father. I sit in Christ to govern the affairs of the kingdom of God from the highest points in the, in the universe, in the third heaven, and I celebrate the goodness of that. It's a transcendent prayer. Hmm? Out of this world, out of this world. Please understand, Britain cannot contain you. God knows where you are, whatever nation you live in. You need to allow yourself to escape the. The, the 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 containments of this world for a moment in the place of prayer understand that much as you are seated right here you are seated there as well so we're not talking about denial that we have bills to pay but while you are looking at a red bill you are too much on earth you need to go where there are no bills while you are facing issues of coronavirus on earth we need to know we need to learn how to ascend in worship and in declaration to Places where diseases don't exist and demons can't touch. That's part of your ID. It's part of your status. So you learn to pray that. Christ in heaven. I can sometimes pray that for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Sometimes I I, I activate it while I'm walking or I'm on the train going out into London. I just pray the heaven prayer. The Jesus in heaven prayer. The transcendent prayer. Then I pray Jesus here with me on earth huh huh that's another now i go into that and again the verses are here i can't go into them because time is gone but jesus is with me thank you lord that you are here with me and i imagine him seated by my side or standing by my side or holding my hand and i celebrate that i thank you that you are with me you are my emmanuel god with me and Lord, I, I, I embrace the reality that you are with me. And every time you are with somebody throughout scripture, mighty things happen. God is with me. Behold, I'm with you always according to Matthew twenty-eight twenty. Hmm? You are with me as you were with Abraham. You are with me as you were with Joseph. God was with Joseph and whatever he did prospered. Therefore, because you are with me, I carry a spirit of prosperity. Things that I do work, things that I do fall in place. Doors will open for me. Barriers shall move. I am walking with God. The favor of heaven has now come upon me as a new covenant believer. God is with me in the morning. He's with me. In the noontime he's with me in the evening he's with me while I sleep he's with me in my workplace he's with me at home he's with me in my finances he's with me concerning the trials that I go through he is with me concerning my parents uh, my my parenting situation he's with me concerning the church situation he is with me God is with me God is with me yeah this is intense prayer and meditative prayer I hope you are praying where you are. I hope you are praying where you are. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me as he was with Moses. God is with me as he was with Joshua. God is with me as he was with Enoch. God is with me as he was with Abraham. God is with me as he was with Gideon. And Gideon became a mighty man because God was with him. Hmm? Ah, I do the Jesus is with me thing. I do that. I do God is with me. What a privilege. Then I say, God, Jesus is in me. I take it to in me. Level three. Ah, Now I I see externalizing it. I see him in me. I see him in me. Jesus is in me. Jesus is in me. And I imagine him fully in me. Thumb in thumb. Pointer finger in finger. Imagine him. Fully saturating your being, eye to eye, eyeball, eyeball to eyeball, nose to nose, ear to ear. Christ is in me. And The Bible says Christ in us the hope of glory. Christ in us the hope of glory. He shines within me. Christ shines within me. Christ shines within me. Shines within me. I pray that. And so I know that those verses there. Christ is in me because he's in me there is a hope for glory the bible says christ in you the hope of glory colossians 1 27 that christ may dwell in your heart through faith yeah because christ in me i am a believer christ is in me i am a believer i am a believer i walk by faith not by sight because christ is in me Hmm? i am rooted and grounded in him I'm rooted and grounded in love. I carry the fullness of God. I understand the full height, the length, the width, the depth of God. Christ in me. I celebrate Christ in me through those verses. They are there. Hmm? I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I. Christ lives with me. And I told you to, to imagine that. Imagine that and it it connects with the other positions that come. But but we, we need to move from just thinking presence and just saying, oh, I feel the presence of God. Let's think the consciousness of God. Imagine someone inside of you breathing inside and watching and seeing through your eyes and listening through your ears and speaking through your mouth and learn to bring alignment between you and that consciousness, that reality. You have the mind of Christ. Begin to feel the mind of Christ. Thoughts that are not yours, but they are thoughts of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm-hmm. So I pray that, and I have my verses. It took me hours to gather them. That's why I hate sometimes to pass things on to people, because when you don't put in the work, you, you, don't, you don't appreciate, but Google will do it all for you. Yeah. Then there is you in Christ. That's position number four me in Christ. So Christ is in me and then me in Christ. Me in Christ, the Bible says, in him, I am a new creation. In him, there is no condemnation. In him, I am the righteousness of God. In him, I bear much fruit. In him, I am seated in heavenly places. Now, we assert these realities over ourselves because they are realities. And one of the challenges is m- m- many times we are st- stuck in process. Process has its place, but there's status. We carry both status in one hand, process in the other. I'm working on righteousness, but I'm the righteousness of God. I'm working on righteousness, but I'm the work righteousness of God. I'm fighting battles, but I'm more than a conqueror. And so you need time to, you need to take time to, to confess and visualize that victory. Hmm? Because it's yours. I bear much fruit. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm a son of God. All those realities are are you in Christ. And then finally, as I said last time I preached on this, Jesus as me. Jesus as me. Not just in me, but as me. That's when you begin to do the works of God do the works of god god jesus said several verses there and again I, you begin to, co- to confess this jesus said whoever has seen me has seen the father my god what a statement and he's not the father but he's making a point that i'm so aligned to him that he does his work through me when you meet with me it's as if you met with him whoever believes in me jesus said the works i do He too shall do can you imagine that can you pray that can you put it on Hmm? And just uh, put on the reality of Christ working to you through you and in you. Oh, I, I won't even continue. You, you guys know what I'm talking. <laughs> Bible says, "For as He is, so are we." What a beautiful thing for Him to share with us. As He is, so are we. And friends, where we are going is coming to a place where doubt dies. Herein is love made perfect with us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, even so are we in this world. Carrying the Christ identity, allowing his ID to become ours. Hmm? Jesus. I'm I'm just wanting you not to forget this sermon. I'm challenging you to add it to to your prayer list. Make it something you pray and rehearse. As we close, I'm just saying to you, friends, again, Jesus has given us, not will give us when we fast, (laughs) not will give us when we grow in the Lord. No, he has already given us his glory. Mm? The glory that the Father gave him, he has given to you. And you carry it inside you. You just need to learn how to nurture it. And, and release it. And walk in it. Father we thank you. We thank you this evening. We say yes to the glory of God. On this night Lord as we gather. We thank you that you will come. But you come to speak. And point to that which is already in us. to For us to see it clearly. So that we affirm it inwardly. Help us not to become are so poverty-driven. Help us to keep a balance between our hunger and our fullness. Mm? May your name be glorified this ninth season. So God bless you, friends. We're going to take our offerings. Remember, I'm saying, I'm challenging you to disrupt your life this coming week. Before uh, uh, 2022 comes upon us, We are doing naive. And before December disrupts us, we are doing nayoth. And I'm challenging you. uh, Get home early, feed the children, watch an episode of Netflix if you have to. By nine o'clock, could we meet and be together in an hour, for an hour? And pray prayers of affirmation and breakthrough. Prayers of hunger in fullness. Cast off weariness and cast off confusion, and put on strength. And ask that in these few days a cloud will come to that little, not little big, crazy old building cottage nine to eleven cottage green, and meet with us. That God would soak us with His presence to the bones and the bone marrow, mm? so that when we leave, we are more in touch with what we carry. God bless you as you give. Thank you, Jesus. We are privileged to participate. In the divine nature. Lord, our treasury is your treasury. Our money is your money. Our homes are your home. Our bodies are yours. Our minds are yours. We don't want to live anymore. We want you to live through us. We have found the earth not to be very safe. (laughs) But in you and with you, we can do all things. Enable us. Empower us. Bless every giver today. Bless every giver. Make people faithful in serving you and giving to you. Open the windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing. So great that we can't carry it and contain it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.